Welcome back. It's the IndyCar Show here on BurnoutSports.com. We'll have you set up next week for the next race for the NTT IndyCar Series at Texas. We're going to look back a little bit, though, at St. Petersburg, Florida, from about two and a half weeks ago and dive down to the Road to Indy Ladder Series. As you can see, my guest here is Miles Rowe from Paps Racing, driver of the number 22. Had a pretty exciting and eventful weekend down at St. Pete a few weeks ago. Miles, thanks for joining us here at BurnoutSports.com. Yeah, thank you, Tony. It's a pleasure to be on. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty good weekend at St. Pete. So, yeah, thank you for having me on to talk about it. Let's go back to race one on Saturday. You're battling for the win uh, there towards the end. A very, very narrow part of the track. Walk us through that last lap of race one where you're going to absolutely go for the win there. Yeah, it was a pretty good race um, in the end. Because in the beginning, we actually, we bent a little bit of a toe link because uh, we hit the apex of eight. Um, so I was right hand down the whole race, lost a position on the start because of that. So we had to come from fifth to get back up to where we were. Um, and then, so we managed to pass fourth pretty quickly. Um, and we, we were cruising behind third. Um, and then finally got by halfway through the race and was just, you know, putting in consistent laps um, to get to the end of the race where to, to meet the top two. And, you know, about three laps to go, something like that, I passed second place, and then we came up to first place on the last lap, passed into one, except just overshot just a little bit. So they got on my outside going into two um, and tried to pass me around the outside into two, and we just didn't have enough room exiting two going into turn three. Um, so our wheels locked together um, through that little kink in there and um yeah we just had we both had a bad crash um because of that and yeah luckily both of the teams uh mine paps racing and and my competitors team were able to get our cars back together which was great for for the next race and we both finished i believe in the top five uh, which was good but yeah that was just a an unfortunate racing incident for the both of us um not one of us should have backed out out of it it was just a matter of leaving each other leaving each other enough room um and you know sometimes those things happen um but you know we bounced back well in race two which was the important thing for sure and we showed we had the speed saturday or friday so it was just about you know putting it all together saturday or sunday before before we get to sunday's win uh the accident occurs you're both like you said adrenaline's running they put you both in the safety car i think based on the replay was there a conversation then uh, how did that go between the two drivers yeah, we were trying to figure out, you know, and understand what happened. And obviously both of us were not happy. Um, but, you know, he was very respectful to me. I was respectful to him. Um, and, you know, we agreed to disagree. And that's how it just goes sometimes. Hit the reset button. The car re repairs. The, the crew repairs the car. Reset button on Sunday. Come back to score the win. Walk us through race number two and uh, getting that first victory here in 2022. Yeah, race two was uh, pretty, you know, it was something we needed, especially after uh, Friday because, you know, we could have easily won the race Friday. Um, and so it was just, you know, about keeping head down and focus forward. And that's what we did. We started in six because we had really bad gaps in uh, qualifying. Uh, so we had a terrible second fast lap. Um, and so we had to start sixth place. And we managed to make it up from six to P3 uh, at the end of lap one, um, which really put us, you know, in the right position to actually challenge for the race win. 
And I believe that was a very, you know, large factor in getting that win. And I knew that that was what was going to need to happen because the amount of time uh, that it takes to pass another car at this track. And, you know, we did that, accomplished that pretty simply. Passed for second on the uh, first restart, passed, for, passed first for first place on the second restart. And just, you know, kept my head down and finished it out. What about St. Petersburg suits your driving style so well? Obviously, you said you pounced on the opening lap there to get up to third. Um, it's a fun track. Seems like it's a fast track. Uh, does it suit your style well? And that's that obviously came with the results that we saw all over the opening weekend. Yeah, I'd say St. Petersburg is a track that, you know, meets my style uh, pretty well. Uh, I think a large part of my style uh, contributes to, you know, uh, hard peak pressure in my brake application. And St. Petersburg is definitely a track that um, would, would aid that, would benefit that trait. Um, so yeah, I think it, it really does suit me well and I have no problem with, you know, racing around like walls or anything like that. And I, I think I do perform better, you know, running, not better, but I do perform very well, you know, on a street course. There's nothing about a street course that intimidates me. If anything, um, just like the rain, it makes me feel better because, you know, everyone has had not as much experience or more experience or whatever it is. Um, for that track configuration um, or the environment that it's going to be at. Everyone's starting um, from the same, you know, foot, from the same place, and it's just about, you know, using all the power you can, your intuition, you know, what you feel in the car uh, from that very first practice session to just get the maximum out of it. And I think street courses are just like, you know, racing in the rain. You, you get, you know, everyone gets the same type of start. And it's just about how well you can feel the car and how fast you can progress to um, to get to be one of the fastest. And I think, yeah, that aided me very well. I thought at St. Pete, especially on race day on Sunday, the atmosphere was great throughout the Vatican, the stands. I'm sure you could feel that, and the atmosphere was great. Uh, what was it like being able to run the same day as IndyCar and kind of capture the audience that IndyCar brought in with a great win and a great race there in race number two on Sunday. Yeah, the fans, they were great. It was really awesome to see, especially, you know, being in the city. Um, and obviously the first race of the IndyCar season, it's always a great turnout there. Um, so it was just amazing to see, you know, everyone like fill up the grandstands um, and, you know, be at like the concession stands with the food and everything on, you know, our race day, which is, you know, really cool. Um, and yeah, they were just really supportive, uh, all of them, you know, some would say hi and everything like that. And, you know, some would just wave and things. Um, so they're all really nice and, and super friendly. And yeah, it was just great to, to, you know, see the, the ambiance that's, that's normally there at the season start, um, for IndyCar and, you know, be the, the pre-race to, to their season. Um, it was really fun. Yeah. And the fans, it, the fans, without the fans, it would be a totally different sort of experience, but the fans really make it a place that you want to go to and, um, you know, have a good time. Walk me through that moment. You get to victory. There's been a lot going on um, to lead up to this point to get you into a car, and we'll, we'll get into that in a minute, but but that moment where you, you, you cross the, the finish line, checkered flag, pull in to celebrate with your PAPS racing team, Miles, what was that like? Um just knowing that the weekend had kind of been up and down, but to cap it off with a victory, just walk me through that moment when you pulled in to celebrate with your crew. 
Yeah, it was really cool. Um, you know, first time racing with the team and to come home with the win um, in the first weekend is phenomenal, um, especially after my teammate won the first race. Um, so it was a clean sweep for us, which was great. Uh, and you, yeah, just seeing Augie's face, Augie Paps, um, and the rest of the crew, Dave, you know, my mechanic and everything, um, it, they just looked really happy. And it was, it was awesome to see, you know, it all come together um, from just the lows of Friday uh, after the final lap of race one to, you know, being on grid with the car fixed up. You know, half of the, like, one of the side pods isn't even painted because it's a spare part sort of a thing. Um, and, yeah, to just see it come home in uh, P1 was, was a really good feeling. You know, like you mentioned, Paps Racing sweeps the weekend. This, this all kind of came together really quick for you to be in this car, and we'll talk about the races that you have in your future. But how important was it to kind of get to know these guys and to come up with any kind of chemistry heading into the weekend? Obviously, when you win the race, you know, everybody's celebrating and that, and that chemistry comes naturally. But but leading up to that race weekend, uh, working with a team that maybe you don't have as much familiarity with as you would like heading into the opening round. Yeah, I mean, you know, new people, new faces, um, sort of a thing. But Paps Racing, uh, you know, ask anybody. They have, you know, it's a family, Paps Racing. And, you know, they welcomed me into the family um, just as much as they would any anybody else. And they're super warm and, you know, just awesome to talk to. Great people um, are involved in that team and have been with that team for a very long time. And so I don't think it it's, hasn't been any issue, you know, to try to create chemistry or whatever it may be. Um, it was just a blessing to, you know, have the opportunity to work with them, have the opportunity to for Froggy Paps to want to work with me and, you know, build up each other together um, as part of a family. But yeah, there's, it's not been any issue trying to create chemistry with them. Um, if anything, it's just been super fun, and it's going to be a great experience through this whole year. Um, and yeah, like they're just they're great people. Um, and yeah, I'm blessed to be you know running this season with them for sure. And are we doing a full season? Because last time we talked down at St. Pete, right after your win, it was only through Barber. Obviously, all you can do is go out there and perform, which you did. You get the victory. Has there been anything that has changed? Or what does the season now look like for you, knowing that you won a race and you sit fourth in points? Yeah, so right now we only get through Barber, race four in the USF 2000 Championship. So, you know, we'll see how we perform there. Um, and we'll have a little bit of time before we get to Indianapolis um, to try to, you know, get some funding. But, yeah, after Barber, it's going to, if we don't have any funding, it will be hard to complete a full season. So the goal is to, you know, round up, um, you know, a good amount of partnerships now um, before it gets too late and, you know, rushing and everything like that. Um, you know, because we, we've shown the pace um, all year through preseason um, and, you know, now in St. Petersburg race one. And it's just about, you know, finding the right people um, who want to be a part of, of our mission. So... Yeah, it's we're not running a full season, but that is the goal, obviously, um, as the goal next year, hopefully, would be Indy Pro 2000 and the challenge for that championship. Yeah, and in, in, in all forms of motorsports, and when you get to the level you are, and even IndyCar, it, it does come down to funding. How do you kind of keep the emotions in check without getting frustrated, knowing, like, I've got the talent to do this. I proved it last year winning a race. 
already started the season winning a race. I just need the funding. How frustrating is that knowing that, like, I've got the talent to do it. I just need to find the funding. And then how do you process it? How do you go out and get the funding? I know you're sure you got people working for you, but you're also a full-time student. So it's like you're almost balancing three full-time jobs at once. Yeah, that, that, that can be, you know, incredibly frustrating. Um, but all in all, um, you know, me, I've done, you know, you, you need to make sure you understand, you know, the business you're being involved in and this business, you know, it can make and wreck careers pretty fast. So, you know, if it's meant to happen, it will happen. Um, and I think it will happen. So I try not to worry too much and just focus on the present and what I can do now. Um, and what I can do now is reach out to my connections, you know, reach out to different companies that I think, you know, would pair really well uh, with my mission ahead uh, and with, you know, the motorsports industry and, you know, constantly, you know, contact people, contact different people and just learn who would want to be, you know, a partner. Um, and the more I do that, the more chances, you know, we have to create a partnership and to keep, you know, me and my whole family in, in the industry for motorsport. Um, but yeah, it just takes perseverance and, and you just need to be sane with the fact that, you know, something's out of your control. And when you are a driver, a racing driver with talent, um, but no funding, you have to accept that uh, sometimes your career might be out of your control, but as long as you, you know, work as hard as you can um, to try to, you know, keep it afloat uh, and keep it progressing uh, and build it up, then whatever happens to it, uh, you should just be okay with. Um, I'm just happy I have the, the chance to, you know, show myself, improve myself. Um, and if at the end of the day, if we can't get partnerships, then, you know, I did what I can. But if we can, then, you know, that's great. And there's a, there's a lot more things to accomplish then. Um, it's just about doing the due diligence, which is what I'm doing now. Um, yeah, that's it. Miles Rowe with us, driver of the Paps Racing number 22, started out the season with a victory down at St. Petersburg, BurnoutSports.com, the IndyCar show. Miles, I mean, I know this might be a tough question, but you were kind of on the trail with Force Indy to to move you up progressively, maybe even into IndyCar, which I think you'll get to one day. Um, that partnership kind of went to the wayside. Talk about that process, your relationship still with Force Indy that you may have, and, and, and just kind of how that business deal went down. Yeah, um, yeah. At the, at the very, very end of the season, I mean, like after you know, cars were off the track and everything, was when I discovered I wasn't going to be running with Force Indy again, um, which definitely hurt. You know, abilities to, you know, make partnerships a little bit sooner to prepare for the season of twenty twenty two, and it was it was a shock for everyone. Um, no one really knew what was going on. Um, but what was clear was that the USF 2000 program, um, was going to be canceled. And then the Indy Lights program, uh, was going to be startup. And that's what's happening now with Ernie Francis Jr. And yeah, there, that's, that's the only thing I know now, you know, I mean, I'm still good, especially with the crew. I'm still amazing friends with the crew. You know, I'll go say hi to them at the track, like I saw him in St. Petersburg, and that was great. Um, still close with Rod and everything like that. Um, and, you know, his wife, Deb, and everything. They're great people. Um, but, yeah, Force Indy's just on a little bit of a different trajectory. 
that my experience couldn't, you know, keep me a part of. Have you met Ernie Francis Jr. and, and, and what kind of a relationship do, do you two drivers have? Yeah, I, I met him actually for the first time and the only time in St. Pete this week or, mm -hmm. you know, last weekend. Um, and, you know, he was, he was, you know, seemed to be a cool guy. We didn't talk much. It was maybe for like, you know, a minute or something. And I just asked him about the car um, and stuff like that. It was interesting how he said, because, you know, a lot of people say he doesn't have a lot of open wheel experience even though he does have, you know, a lot of, a good bit of FR, you know, running, he was saying how the car felt, you know, light to drive, which is funny because for us open wheel drivers, when we move up the ranks, the cars just get heavier. So, you know, you have to adjust to everything's bigger, bigger and more powerful. But he was saying like the Indy Lights car, which, you know, for us USF and Indy Pro, you know, drivers, we think it'd be heavier and harder to drive. He was like, it's easier to drive which I thought was interesting and cool. Um, so it was cool to hear, you know, his background um, with everything he's done with like Trans Am um, and SRX and, you know, other things. Uh, but yeah, it seems like a really cool, you know, down to earth, um, grounded person, you know. Will Power uh, in the IndyCar series, as we know, Indy 500 champion, IndyCar champion. He's meant a lot to your career. Um, talk about how that relationship developed and how much that he has helped you get to the point where you are today. Yeah, Will, um, great guy. Um, yeah, he was just so great. I met him uh, in Mooresville, North Carolina um, at GoPro Motorplex. Uh, and w when I got my first go-kart in about, in, I think it was 2014. And yeah, when it, it was like a night. It was like a night session. We were there kind of late. And there were about two sessions where we were on track and he was kind of running and kind of like driving in front and behind me, you know, um, like letting me pass him and then like passing me and stuff like that, um, which was really cool and everything. And then, you know, he talked to me for like a split second afterwards um, in the pit lane. Uh, but after that, he, he helped me kind of, you know, get connected back with people in the motorsports industry, um, and which has helped me tremendously. And he's, you know, he's helped me with like, things like a simulator and, and stuff like that, um, you know, just help, like he's helped a person who hasn't had the privilege of, you know, being able to have the financial ability to be involved in the motorsport industry, have like the basics to actually like venture out and be successful. Um, and so, yeah, he's been doing that for me. Uh, I mean, the only reason, I mean, like I couldn't afford my simulator and, you know, he, he gave me like uh, a simulator, which was awesome. Um, and the only reason I'm nearly as fast as I am is because I can use the simulator that will, you know, was nice enough to to get for me because he knew I couldn't afford it. Um, he's just really genuine, down to earth. He really wants to make a difference, you know, in the community. Um, and yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't. And yeah, he'll help me, like you know, um, like if I'm having a problem. With like headspace or anything like that, um, anything mental, you know, he'll help me, you know, talk to me a little bit like that, you know, help me with my mental state. He's just a really good guy, you know. Has there been any other drivers outside of Will Power? Maybe they don't have to necessarily be IndyCar drivers, but that, that have kind of uh, lent that helping hand because uh, that knowledge that you gain from a guy like Will Power or anybody else, uh, I mean, you can't put a price tag on that because – 
they've lived it. They, they, they've got to where they are, but, but there's always a struggle. So, so has there been anybody else that has reached out for you? Yeah, there've been, there've been a couple drivers, you know, but nobody like Will. I mean, Will, Will has truly made a difference in the community. Um, just with how open he is, you know, to trying to help people. Um, not just, you know, doing what he can, but how, like, he really puts forth effort to help. Um, you know, I've talked to other drivers and, and things like that, but Will, you know, Will really, you know, helps out. Um, yeah, Will's just a different kind of human being. We need more human beings like Will, for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you're, you're in Brooklyn. Uh, you're going to Pace University. Let's talk about your, your studies. What's your major? Uh, how do you balance being a race car driver on the weekends and a student and all the travel? Uh, how do you put it all together and make it work? Yeah, I mean, so it, it's taken a lot of like, you know, understanding how to time manage myself, you know, properly. Mm -hmm. um, and I was decent at it last year, but I'm compared to how I am at it this year. You know, I'm, I was terrible last year. Um, so, like, and that was because, you know, I was getting back into racing for the first time in so long. Um, and trying to balance it all out was a little bit difficult. Um, but, yeah, I, I have it down this this year. I have, like, a, a whole, you know, system of, you know, how I go out th throughout my weeks and my months. You know, how much time I have to do certain activities, like, you know, taking photos, how much time. Um, I'm dedicating to, you know, practicing, you know, watching racing videos, how much time, you know, I'm dedicating to my schoolwork, um, what I need to do each day, you know, it, it's taken like a lot of attention on this system that I'm building to make sure um, that I can attack each one of my activities that I want to pursue um, as strongly as I would if I didn't have multiple activities, you know, like if I had the whole day to do racing. Um, I'd spend a certain amount of time on it. So this system helps me still spend that amount of time on on these activities, but breaks it up efficiently. Um, and it's always updating that system of mine. Um, but you know, just waking up every day, meditating, um, you know, to eating uh, after that, and then you know, looking at the system and you know, making these little corrections and everything each and every day help me you know, pursue all these things accordingly so that I can, so I can do them to the best of my ability. Uh, you mentioned photography. We can get you a vest. You can go around IMS in the month of May taking photos for burnoutsports.com if you'd like. I think we can make that happen. We'll have Jared get on. I think he's got a camera. I'm sure you've got plenty as well. Uh, but we'll get you out there take some photos. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Um, yeah, like, I would love to, you know, get out there and take some pictures of cars and everything like that. Um, you know, anything that anybody would want me to do, you know, my dream outside of racing is to be, you know, a, uh, a photographer for, you know, some clothing company or a magazine or something like that. Um, or like a creative director, you know, for, for a company of sorts. So any project, anything that I can be a part of where there's a camera in my hand to help like, you know, broaden or you know strengthen a vision of a company i'm happy to happy to do well we're gonna have to make that happen in may i mean it might not be as 
picturesque as uh, Manhattan or Brooklyn or downtown New York, but uh, we can certainly get you out there taking some photos of, of, of some cars out of the month of May. Hey, I appreciate you joining us. I know you got a busy schedule, as you mentioned. Um, I do try to end these with, with, with the same three questions. So take your time on your answer. Think about it. I know you've kind of got into it a little bit, um, but in racing, what's been your biggest break? What's been your biggest struggle? And what's been your biggest moment so far in your career? So my biggest break in racing definitely was New Jersey last year, um, winning the USF 2000 race uh, at Thunderbolt Raceway in New Jersey was awesome because that was when I became the first black driver to win an IndyCar sanctioned event. Um, and then you said, what, my biggest struggle in racing? Um, I'd say... I'd say honestly, my biggest struggle was when I, I was in go karts um, when I was 14, and I just came out of rental go karting, and I didn't really do many go kart races um, before this, and this was my own cart. Um, I don't even know if we had a tuner. I entered this national race, and we just kind of struggled. Um, like, you know, we didn't struggle, struggle. You know, we were mid-pack. We were still kind of, you know, quick. But, you know, for my aspirations, for how quick I knew I could be, um, going to a few to, few of those races and being mid-pack and even, like, a little bit lower than that was hard to take, um, especially, like, being, you know, especially, like, being the only one who, who looks like me out there, not seeing anyone who I can, you know, visually relate to, you know, so that having that, definitely made you want to be a little bit better sometimes. Um, just that little bit more too sometimes. So, you know, I put a lot of pressure on myself then. Um, so that was definitely a struggle for me. Uh, but then we got better, you know, that was just lack of experience. And that was a struggle, you know, not being able to get the experience because, you know, financially it's just hard to do. Um, and then what was what was the third question? My It was my worst struggle, uh, my biggest break. Yeah, but then, and then your biggest moment so far, maybe like you mentioned, it was the win last year. Um, so I think you covered yeah. it there. But yeah, just 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 that moment that you felt like, damn, this is this is great. Like this is this is the top of where I've been so far. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say the top of where I've been, but when I you know signed the contract um, last year for Force Indy, and was you know officially on the team. Um, and then I started seeing the suit and everything like that. Um, that was a big moment for me, you know, because I was out of racing for four years. And, you know, to be in, I was like, what, 20? Something like that. You know, I wasn't like 17 or 18 sort of a thing. So I was like getting older and, you know, that possibility of not actually you know, achieving your dream of, you know, being an indie car driver, a formula car driver, which was what my dream was, um, you know, that possibility was like really shrinking, like really fast as like months went by. Um, and then so I signed that contract, it became official. And then that was just a big moment, to, you know, be like, um, it's not the, you know, the dream not dead yet. And, you know, we're still going. Um, and, you know, what I think I knew I could do, you know, I'm back in it. Like I still can do it. 
Um, because before that, it was really looking like I probably might not be able to do that. Um, so yeah, that was a great moment, signing signing a contract, being official with Force Indy after being four years out, you know, of driving anything close to a race car. Let everybody know, Miles, where they can find you on Twitter and Instagram and, and, and where they can follow along your career. Yeah, so you can follow me at Ocean by MR, which stands for basically Ocean by Miles Rowe. Um, so a lot of people, they call me Ocean. That's my nickname. Um, long story. And so, yeah, that's basically the names that I'm calling like my creative ventures, my creative brands. So if I'm doing photos, that's by Ocean sort of a thing. So you can follow me at Ocean by MR. We love it. Hey, thanks so much for your time. We'll be following you down in Barber as you go for another win. Uh, definitely hope we see you in a race car in the month of May. Thanks so much for joining us here on the IndyCar Show, BurnoutSports.com, Miles, and uh, we'll see you here soon. Thanks, Tony. I really appreciate it.